Welcome into the His and Hers podcast. I'm Zach Bennett alongside a sleepy Paige Bennett. And today we have a wonderful episode for you. We discuss our reaction to the week three NFL season. And it had some historic performances, some big letdowns, and a snoozer of a Sunday night football game. We'll cover our three biggest takeaways each from week three and provide our pick for the Offensive Player of the Week. That's next here on the His and Hers Podcast. All right, Paige, thanks for being patient. I uh, was watching the end of that Raiders game while also building... Did you drive all the way home? Yep. Oh, well, it's good to see you today. You too, bud. Paige is all the way out of Falls. We watch a Viking game together. And in the midst of a Demi, our older sister has gotten into Lego building as a, I guess, you know, it's just a different type of puzzle that you do. Shelby had given me a Lego set for Christmas, Darth Vader's helmet, and I still hadn't completed it. That was nine months ago. Almost to the date, actually. And so I started getting uh, made fun of. Uh, and so I am now almost done with said Lego set. 850 pieces. Is she getting you for Christmas? Yeah, she got it for, for me for Christmas last year. Mm-hmm. So I'm almost done now, which is great. You're just, you've just enjoyed it in its full capacity. Yes. But um, anyway, there's... You know, a lot that happened this week. So I started last week. You'll start this week. Number one biggest takeaway of today, Paige. Uh, number one biggest takeaway of today is that whoever decides the Sunday night football game should be fired. And we need a redistribution of game times and what games are playing. with. It was pretty terrible. Well, uh, it's like we've had nine to three, three sleepers. And then today, nine games in the morning slot, three games in the afternoon slot. Like, no, no. And there wasn't. There wasn't a like even before Sunday. You knew they weren't heavy hitters. I mean, the the Cardinals game turned into be kind of a stunner. Uh, but the Bears and Chiefs game was unbelievable and unbelievably bad. And the Seahawks. Unless you're a Taylor Swift fan, that it was unbelievably amazing. Yes. Fair enough. But then the, uh, the, I mean, the Seattle and Panthers game was fine, but it wasn't. I mean, anytime you got Andy Dalton on the screen, I'm sorry. Nice guy. I'm good. You know what I mean? Like, I'm good. I don't, I know who he is. I know what he's done. I'm good with Andy Dalton time. So, I mean, it was boring. Boring second slate. So that was your number one that they do a terrible job distributing. The games? Yeah, I just have not been impressed. It's like opening Sunday night football was the Cowboys-Giants game that was absolutely boring. Last week's games with the Dolphins and Patriots was a good game. I'll give them that. But then tonight, like, the score was close at the end, and still it just didn't – it wasn't giving me the primetime game vibes that I need, but that might just be because I'm bitter today, feeling down. Vikings lost to the Chargers were 0 and 3 and that just might be aiding in my ability to see joy in these games. 
That's a very good point. Mine, I'm going to jump to the Miami Dolphins beating the Denver Broncos by 50 points and doing it in such a way like I 70 to 20. They hung 70 up on the board and they could have very easily broken the record of 72. They ended up kneeling in field goal range instead of doing that. Tua Tagovailoa had more touchdowns than incompletions. 23 for 26, 309 yards and four touchdowns. Mike White even had a touchdown. Look at these stats by the running backs. Uh, Devon Akane, 18 carries, 203 yards, 11 average for two touchdowns. Raheem Mostert, 13 carries, 82 yards, three touchdowns. And even Chris Brooks had nine carries for 66 yards. You go into the receiving, Tyreek Hill, nine receptions, 157 yards, and a touchdown. Chosen Anderson, one touchdown for 68 yards uh, and one catch. And then Raheem Osert with 13 carries and seven receptions, 140 all-purpose yards. I mean, you just start going up and down the list. It's one of the most insane stat lines. They scored 10 touchdowns in this football game. Probably the worst performance by a team. I mean, the Broncos, how quickly the wheels have fallen off. They went from almost being 2-0, and winning the first two games of the year, to now. I don't know. First off, you want to talk about bad scheduling. This one is going to be buried at the 11, you know, 1 o'clock kickoff. The Denver Broncos travel to Chicago to play the Bears. How bad does that seem? I mean, is anyone going to watch that game? Uh, yeah. That, that is one of the worst matchups. I've ever heard. Well, no, it's actually like, hey, actually, look, one of these guys, this might actually be like a, could actually be a game for one of these teams. Yeah. <laughs> um. Pretty yeah, bad. no, the the Dolphins, that game was just insane. Mike, Medan- Mike McDaniel, is he like, he's just one, I an offensive genius. Two, that was without Waddle on the field. And like, they just completely, completely wrecked the Denver Broncos defense. And I don't know, that was truly an amazing feat. They 726 yards set an NFL record for most yards in a game. Get this. They averaged 10.2 yards per carry. That means they were averaging over a first down for every single carry, like just absolutely insane. Like nothing I've ever seen Rewatching the highlights and watch like watching in a red zone. I'm just like, what is this? This is absolute insanity. So hats off to the Miami Dolphins because that was one of the most impressive things we've ever seen. Uh, and Broncos. What? What is know. this? I don't know how you play the next week. Uh, What's crazy is like most, I know that there's been a little bit of turnover, but most of the defense, they were like number five last year. I mean, I remember watching some of those Broncos games and the defense kept them in every single game and except for towards the end of the year when it, when everything kind of fell apart. But my goodness, what a fall from grace, 70 points, 70 points. I was, you know, I was feeling really bummed being a Vikings fan today. I'm sure Zach and I will mention that several times on this episode. But then I on the on the drive back, I had a long drive back from Idaho to Utah, three and a half hours, just listening to Red Zone and contemplating life. 
And I just kept telling myself, you know, at least, at least I'm not a Broncos fan today. And at least I'm not a Bears fan any day. So at least I have that going for me because otherwise it could be pretty drastic, but there's always somewhere you can get lower unless you are a Broncos fan today. I think this, I think that might be the lowest you can get in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, the Broncos have had a rough go of it. The last, I mean, I remember the Christmas Day game. They got blown out by a really bad Rams team. And and now you're in this situation. Uh, you want to talk about bad scheduling. I just had this random thought. Next week, guess what we have to have on Sunday Night Football? I don't know if you caught it. Mm-mm. Patrick Mahomes playing oh. the New York Jets. We got to watch Zach Wilson on prime time. I don't know. I think I think we might be seeing a new QB in that locker room this week. Today? That'd be that would be tough, but That's Tom Brady. What is goal. what is your second takeaway? Second takeaway this day of football is that the Bills are for real and I owe them a, the sincerest of apologies to the cutest boy in the NFL. Yep. Um, I have been touting for weeks, if not months, that I thought the Buffalo Bills kind of dynasty run was over. Can't be a dynasty without a championship, but at least um, them being one of the top teams in the league was over. And today, last week in today's offensive and defensive performance proved to be that I was wrong on the matter. The bills are just as incredible as they were two years ago, as they were last year, and they are going to continue to dominate teams. So apologies to all bills fans, but especially Josh Allen. I apologize. I ever doubted. It is interesting. I feel like obviously the week one performance was highly talked about and them losing and the downfall. They've been kind of quietly, which I think is good for the Bills, quietly under the radar. And, you know, with these two wins, just I think winning a combined 60, like 68 to like 10 or something, pretty, pretty dominant performances in these last two games, which I think the more the Bills, they spent all of last year on the on the high line being talked about every week, being the Super Bowl favorites for most of the year. So maybe it benefits them being more disrespected and under the radar than on the other side. Mine's going to be, and this plays perfectly to what we've already mentioned, but Kellen Moore has helped Justin Herbert reach another level of his game. Um, Justin Herbert, through uh, so far in this year, has thrown six touchdowns, no interceptions. He threw. 405 yards today against the Minnesota Vikings only had 16 completions. I think 41 for 47 was his last, you know, last stat line. So if you look at the season, they're one and two very, very easily and probably should have been 0 and three after Brandon Staley's unreal decision to go for it in his own territory. But ultimately I think when you have a quarterback playing at this level, when you have an offensive coordinator who knows his quarterback and knows how to, you know, this is Kellen Moore who led the Dallas Cowboys back-to-back years of the best offense in terms of a lot of metrics. And so he obviously knows how to call a great game. And he's paired well with Justin Herbert. Keenan Allen had his career game today. So I think one of the biggest so far is that Kellen Moore has been a great hire by Brandon Staley and ultimately one that maybe has saved his job after this week. 
Yeah, not a bad one. You're back on the Justin Herbert hype train. But yeah, I truly an a very impressive feed from yeah. I mean Kellen I gotta have Moore. something to hold on to, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think Kellen Moore, everywhere he goes, has been able to kind of put that through. So it's just kind of cool to see him making an impact again in the Chargers organization, even with a very, very, very controversial head coach and his ability to make decisions, Brandon Staley. What is all right? My third and final takeaway from this week is that all offseason, all we've been hearing about is how the Cardinals have the worst roster in the league and how they're going to be the worst team in the league and blah, 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 Cardinals. Um, But after three weeks of play, should the Cardinals no longer be in that that conversation in terms of they just beat the Dallas Cowboys? Obviously, still concerns. But do the Chicago Bears beat out the Arizona Cardinals for the worst team in the league? Yes, easily. Easily. I mean, they almost beat the Giants. They, they probably should have beat the Giants. They should be two and one. And they resound. It wasn't even like a fluke game that they beat the Cowboys. They beat the Cowboys. They ran all over them, made them uncomfortable, designed a great game plan against Micah. And that offense for the Cowboys looked flustered all day, especially when they got down to the red zone. Do you think that this is a case of uh, Dallas Cowboys had already moved on to next week, just kind of not focusing on the Cardinals as much as they should have? Or do you think the Cardinals are a bit of a sleeper? I think probably a combination of the two. I think you learn that all the time in the NFL that there is really the talent gap even between the best teams and the worst teams isn't anywhere near as sizable as the other leagues. And so when you don't go out there and, and all of a sudden you get punched in the mouth real quick and the other team that full of a bunch of professionals get the confidence, then they they – you know, it's a, it's a hard to rebound from that. That's why coming out the gate in a lot of these games is so important. Very, you know, very interesting um, for the Cowboys, especially with what they have coming down the pike. I think not this week, but next week they play the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday night football. So I don't know if I can combine mine. It happened in the same game for my final takeaway. Maybe I'll just have one as my honorable mentions, but. I think ultimately how C.J. Stroud has looked this year for the Houston Texans has been a massive revelation. Obviously, he had, I think at the end, he had the most impressive college football game last year when he almost had Ohio State in the national championship by beating the Georgia Bulldogs. And since he's gotten into, you know, in Houston, he hasn't thrown a pick this year. Um, They've been in most of their games. Uh, he they beat Jacksonville today, thirty-seven to seventeen. He threw for two hundred eighty yards, two touchdowns, while completing sixty-seven percent of their passes. And it just seems like every week he's getting more and more comfortable. And like I noted last week, the the Colts went in there and beat and put the beat down on the Texans. But these coaches that are good in their first year improve every single week, and the team starts to buy in. And so you mentioned this. Trevor Lawrence, for some reason, can't beat the Texans. He's now one and four all time. But this is a win for D'Amico Ryans that continues to move the ball forward for the culture that he's trying to set up. So going in there and not only just beating them, but beating them 37 to 17 is quite an achievement and something that, uh, you know, hopefully will keep uh, CJ Stroud on the right track. Yeah, just interesting how there's just certain teams that, other teams can't beat. It's one of the funniest things in the NFL. 
um, because kind of on top of that is the fact that the New England Patriots have now beat the New York Jets 15 consecutive times. 15. <laughs> so there's just some ways some teams just can't get over that hump with certain teams. It's like an ex-boyfriend they can't get over. <laughs> that's uh that's always tough. <laughs> <laughs> but all right. My listen, listen, before we move on to our new segment, I'm just gonna do my uh what's what's it called when you have like a runner up? Uh honorable um, mention. There we go. There we honorable go. Honorable mention were key takeaways is Travis Kelsey and Taylor oh Swift are gonna gosh. save America. Oh my and gosh. I just have to say, in Taylor Swift song 15 on her second album. She oh. says, you'll do things greater in life than dating the boy on the football team. Since then, she has never dated athletes. As any consecutive things, no one has ever found her dating an athlete. But she was dating all these artist boys, nerdy boys, only to find out that those artists and nerdy boys are just as likely to cheat and be mean and be rude to you as the athletes. And so it's not about... What they do, it's about who they are. And so we've circled, we've come full circle, and she is back at the football boy. And I just hope that this ends wonderfully for both of them because two of the best people in the world deserve each other. I just can't wait, uh, you know, for this to end how it ends with, uh, with old Toxic Taylor and we get another album out of it. It's going to be great. How dare you say Toxic Taylor? Yeah. But yeah, it is going to be a sick album. So. <laughs> I mean, okay. I mean, objectively, when you're talking about who she's dated, like artists and stuff, you know, I, I don't know, actors, whatever. Going to your boyfriend's NFL football game in a private suite, I think that's probably the coolest person you can date. And especially when he is arguably the greatest tight end of all time. Oh, for sure. And he scores a tutty and you win by 40. Incredible. Yeah, I saw uh, Barstool Big Cat, pardon my take guy. Uh, I listen to him all the time, but on Twitter, he he's a big Chicago Bears fan. And it just made me laugh because he's like, we're at the point now where uh, it's like when you're a senior and you invite the girl to come to the homecoming game when you're going to win by 40. This is like an F FBS versus an FCS program right now. That's how bad we are. So it had me rolling because, yeah. Third did game you of see, the season. They, did you see Patrick Mahomes interview after the game when uh, the reporters like, we knew that, like, did you want Travis Kelsey to score as much as all the Swifties wanted Travis Kelsey to score? And he was like, well, I did feel all this pressure because Taylor Swift was in the building, but I don't think anybody wanted to score more than Travis Kelsey to impress her. And I'm like, <laughs> this is probably just a whole media thing, and they're probably all just pumping each other up. But I am here for it, and it's the good news for today. That's, that's something. Um, introducing right. a new segment, Zach. <laughs> Introduce it. <laughs> We're doing a new segment on the His and Hers podcast. It's gonna never be, been done before. Never been done. You may have never heard of this. You're going to think it's the craziest thing you've ever heard, but you're going to be on board. This segment is Offensive and Defensive Players of the Week. So Zach and I are both going to choose one player on offense <laughs> and one player on defense who we are giving our Offensive Player and Defensive Player Week of the Award to. And we're going to do the same thing for teams because, you know, some team efforts deserve some shout outs. Um, Zach, I'm going to go first. Okay. Yo, go first. Yeah. Okay. So for offensive player of the week for the individual category, I am giving it over to our guy, Matt Gay, um, on the Indianapolis Colts. This man 
scored four field goals of more than 50 yards. That is a NFL record. No kicker has ever done that. And he also became the fifth kicker with a game-tying field goal and a game-winner field goal in overtime. Um, I think it's especially important to note that this was against the Baltimore Ravens, which has Justin Tucker, which is arguably one of the best, if not one of the best, uh, kickers in the National Football League. And so, Matt Gay, you get your flowers today. Excellent job, Matt Gay. Some would say that's not an offensive player, but whatever. Is it inappropriate to bring up the news about Matt Gay and related to you? He might buy a truck from us. That would be really cool. That would be cool. I hope he does. Devon Akane uh, is my office play of the week. 233 yards uh, from scrimmage and four touchdowns. Rookie third round pick by the Miami Dolphins. Uh, helping, you know, that's 233 scrimmage yards and he only had about 33% of their total offense. That is a crazy stat. They racked up 726 yards on the offensive side. Most all time. But that'd be my offensive player of the week. Who would be your defense? Here's your flowers. Here's defensive your flowers. player of the week for me. I'm giving it to our buddy, Miles Garrett. on He's the Cleveland Browns. Okay. <laughs> I feel like we would be buddies if he knew me. Um, three and a half sacks in today's win. Um, yeah. One shy of his personal NFL record. But Miles Garrett, here's your flowers. Mine is going to be TJ Watt, and I'm not exactly sure what his final stats end up being, but watching all of that Steelers-Raiders game without him causing the havoc, Jimmy Garoppolo, did, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't feel comfortable all night. You could tell very easily, and TJ Watt would be a major component of that. I know he had at least one sack. Um, so TJ Two Watt, sacks tonight? Two, yeah. And a lot of the times those sacks can be – you know, you'll see performances where it's like three, four, five sacks. Um, not very often, but sometimes it can be a little inflated. A lot of the times the pressures and just kind of the impact, how many blockers it takes from a guy. And T.J. Watt, you could feel his presence on that game all night. Well, and J.J. Watt tweeted that T.J. Watt is the best defensive player in the league. I don't think there's any room for bias there at all. There's no common state there. No. For that no, to be said. They have nothing in common. Um, my quick honorable mention for individual player of the week is Andrew Beck, who ran an 85-yard kickoff return for a TD. Um, and he's coming in at the heaviest player in league history to score on a kickoff. So 255 pounds of incredible run game. And so hats off to you, Andrew Beck. Yeah, he was the up man on the uh, kickoff for the Texans, dropped it, picked it up, and ran back for a touchdown. So you don't see it. that. You don't see that very often. You don't see that every day, but you wish you did. Um, For team awards, giving it to offensive team of the week, we are giving that to the Buffalo. I mean, defensive team of the week is Buffalo Bills. I was oh, going to say, how how, so how, how would you, how would oh, you have anyone, offensive player, offensive team, it's the Dolphins. I, mean, I, jumped, I jumped the gun. Offensive team of the week is the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> the, okay. As previously mentioned, we're 726 We're doing total teams yards. of the week. Yes. We're doing teams of the week. What is this? Offensive teams. 
We just have to mention the dolphins. We've already mentioned them. I already threw out all my fun stats. <laughs> but one more fun stat, they had over four players with 50 yards each. Unheard of. players one thing but now we're talking about entire team awards for a week three games on defensive you know a deep you know in fantasy football you get a full team's defense you don't get to select individual players so i was just trying to keep it spicy oh my god uh that that this is quite the segment this is people are riveted to hear what we Oh, we both have to pick our own team side of the ball for no, two. No, no. Okay, fine. We're not picking. We just know that it was the Dolphins and it's the Bills on defense. And the Bills on defense recorded nine sacks, five takeaways, and a pick six. They held Washington at 230 yards. Are you happy? That was, yeah. That was, I can't wait for this next week. This is. I'm going to be up on my toes for this. It's proof that Zach not reading the notes. Four hands. No, I am. I just still is a very hilarious concept to me, no matter what. <laughs> of all right, we have the offensive player, defensive player, and then oh, but we have our best team on offense, <laughs> our best team on defense. Everyone deserves an award. We have our where's, best team that won by the, 17. We have our best team with a comeback. We have our best what's, team. Where's what about the te- the best special teams unit? I want to go through the film <laughs> and break down who I think's really getting off after a punt coverage. I want I want to go best punter of the day. <laughs> yeah. Who had the most air yards? <laughs> Probably the guy who played for the Jets. These are the things punt. you don't hear people talking about. This is yes. what the people want. Yeah. So you got to go in the niche. Got to go in the cracks of what's <laughs> not being covered. So which record is which? Um, 726 total yards for the Dolphins. Bear 13 game losing streak. So here, here I'm going to rank it. Which one is more impressive? Dolphins 726 yards, the Bears 13 game losing streak, the DeAndre Hopkins with one reception in uh, all of 154 of his appearances, or the New England Patriots beating the Jets 15 consecutive times. Oof. Uh, You know what? I'm going to go with the Patriots. Ooh. I think that's the most impressive. To beat an NFL franchise, even though it is the Jets, 15 times in a row, like Bill Belichick knows that playbook. He's probably recording something on the inside. Yeah, I I think the Jets one's probably the choice because, I mean, you're going on seven-plus years of never losing to a specific team uh, in the division. You just don't see that. I mean, the Dolphins' 726 yards is insanity and something we probably won't see for a really long time. Or maybe we'll see from them like in two weeks. They seem pretty nuts. So yeah, Mike McDaniel's got it. Offensive genius. Yeah, I think one of my worst uh, one of the worst things is I thought that they were going to take a regression this year. So I didn't. You believed. I always believed. Ever since I was seven, the I knew, uh, I knew one day they'd be great. The Dolphins Bills game should be a lot of fun. Oh yeah. All righty. Are there any other thoughts? Before we wrap this episode up, Paige. There's a lot of thoughts. Okay. So, so many thoughts. 
<laughs> okay, okay. W- one question for you to close us out. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Anxiously waiting. Have you lost all hope for this season for the Minnesota Vikings to win their division? Well, to win their division is going to be tough. Um, I I mean, have I lost all hope that they're going to make the playoffs? I'm like, yeah. But I know that they're going, this is what the Vikings are going to do. All right. They're going to win next week, lose, win, lose, win, win. They're going to battle their way back to a, like a position where they're seven and seven, for example. And it's like, wow, we've won seven out of the last 11 games. This team's kind of clicking. Maybe things are all making sense. And then they're going to go to Cincinnati for like this big game playing really well. And they're going to wax by 30. <laughs> and I'll, and I'll have gotten all excited for absolutely nothing. So I've accepted that's what's going to happen this year. So I just wish that if they're going to be bad and if they're not going to achieve anything, which it seems that is going to be the case, that they would just be bad enough to get get pieces that are finally going to be, um, you know, established moving towards a Super Bowl type of team. What pieces are those? Um, the problem is, is Kirk is a really good quarterback, but he's going to be 36 next year. Um, they never fixed the interior offensive line for him, which is unfortunate. Really, you got to revamp a lot of your secondary. Um, you got to get some big boys in the middle, both in guards and in tackles on the defensive side. Um, so I think flushing out the age and getting real young is just kind of what the course this team needs to take, unfortunately. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like uh I feel like O-lines might not be talked about as much as they should be when it comes to the importance to a team because I mean you could arguably say that the Cincinnati Bengals don't currently have a Super Bowl with Joe Burrow because of O-line issues and I think that there's a lot of teams that you'll have an incredible quarterback and they just can't ever get the O-line situation figured out and it prevents them from being able to take that step to being a great team. Yeah, and that's what's hindered them. Uh, you know, and Kirk has developed a lot over the last few years. And I mean, this year he's been really good for a lot of the time, but the team, for whatever reason, just isn't able to finish drives, finish games. I mean, Kevin O'Connell has bright spots, but he also is not, and this goes into last year, he's not a great red zone gold to go play caller like he is kind of actually pretty bad at it uh today they ran in the fourth quarter ran 10 drives inside the red zone inside yeah inside the 20 and didn't get any points on those last three drives and that's that's really tough when you uh you know when you're trying to obviously when you're lo- when you're losing close games you think about the philly you think about the the Buccaneers game, you think about the Philly game, and I think about this one. If they play clean football, they're three and zero, and that's just kind of a wild thought to to have come across your mind, you know. But they aren't; they're not very good, and uh, it doesn't seem like they're going to be getting any better. Tomorrow night will be the showdown between, I guess, tonight when everyone is listening to this, uh, we're going to see if 
Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. If Joe Burrow's playing one, two, if the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be 0-3 or if they're going to be able to get their first win. We're also going to see the Bucks versus the Eagles. One of them currently two undefeated teams. One of them not leaving undefeated tomorrow. Uh, football and all its pain and all its glory. Well, that's been another episode of the His and Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We'll have our preview pod coming out this Friday. Make sure to like, subscribe, share, 